Welcome to Soundless Doctrine. We're jumping right into the new year and season two as I ask Bob what he thinks about planning Sundays in our local church, Sovereign Grace Church of Louisville. If you are involved in planning the liturgy for your church every week and want to know how to better serve your congregation, this episode is filled with helpful advice that is theologically rooted, pastoral, and practical. Hello, welcome to um, Sound Plus Doctrine. I'm David Zimmer. I'm Bob Coughlin. And I'm working really hard to not say welcome in to this podcast because <laughs> Bob... Because <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> welcome in to the podcast. Bob keeps talking about it. Um, no, it's really great for uh, you to be here and um, tuning in, whether you are watching this on uh, YouTube and Facebook or wherever we have this, or you're listening in. Um, I am really excited about our topic today, Bob. Well, because I would like to talk about how um, you plan your Sunday gatherings. Okay. I feel like if you're a worship leader tuning in, um, you probably either have like a set uh, thing you like to do in your mm, in your yeah, planning, yeah. Uh, or maybe you are a worship leader um, or a, you know coordinating instrumentalists or services, and you are totally lost on this topic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you're thinking, how do I even think through what this should look like? Uh, on a weekly basis, um, how much time should I spend on this? You know, how do I wow. how do I do this? So, I just wanted to ask you: Can you practically help us talk through what you do to plan for your Sunday gathering? I absolutely. I don't know if it'll helpful. I, be helpful. I can absolutely talk through it. Um, and I say that first part semi humorously because you know when people plan their Sundays, everybody has a different has a different context. Mm. So. You know, I remember years ago, it was just I planned the songs, mm. and, and that was it. And now I plan the whole meeting, you know, mm. what, what we call the liturgy, you know, the whole service. That's my responsibility. Um, some people are subject to, you know, whatever the senior pastor wants to do. Mm-hmm. I have a great working relationship with my senior pastor, CJ, and uh, he's you know, said to me numerous times, if he doesn't think something should go a certain way, well, you know, you're the... You, you planned it, you're, the, you're leading us, you go with it, you know. So mm. there's, a, there's a high level of trust there. Yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't want somebody to hear this and go, oh, well, that's what I should do. Yeah. Um, more, I'd hope, you know, it would just provoke some ideas. Yeah. Some, some thoughts. Because so often we start with, you know, the practicals. Just, mm-hmm. just tell me how to do it. And this is kind of one of those podcasts where, you know, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. If you don't root those practicals in theological convictions mm. in biblical foundations you, you don't even know if you're doing the right things mm. so you know it's like having the illustration of having uh, a ladder that you've climbed up to the top of but it's against the wrong wall right you know you've you've exerted a lot of effort yeah, and yeah, worked yeah. really hard but you're in the wrong place yeah yeah and i think that can be our tendency mm-hmm. you know so i've read books like uh, engaging with god by david peterson um uh, Christ-centered worship um, by oh man Brian Chapel, um, Rhythms of Grace. Mike Cosper actually did the forward for that. Um, different books that talk about you know what exactly are we doing when we gather? Yeah. Uh, so that that shapes everything I'm doing. Right. And I've been a part of church plant for eight years now. And love it because when we first came, it was uh, a number of the elders were older, and uh, you know, fifty plus years old. And um, 
we didn't start out thinking, hey, we just do what we've always done. We've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually thought, you know what? Let's let's start over. Let's let's think about this more theologically. You know, because so there's great. a there's a history to what we do. Yeah. You know, when Sovereign Grace started in the seventies, uh, early eighties, but it roots in the seventies. You know, we were of the mindset of, well, you know, we want to you know, pursue what they did in the Book of Acts. And that was a noble call, noble vision, but it's like nobody in the history of the Church in the last 2,000 years had tried to do that. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people tried to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a sense in which I think we weren't as appreciative of history as we could have been, mm. you know? And, and th- over the last 40 years, we've, we've grown much more appreciative mm. of what you know, Christians in the past have done, how they fought through these things. So that's yeah. reflected in in the way we do our meeting now. Yeah. Um, yeah, you said the word um, liturgy. I feel like I uh, that can be um, that can be a new word for some, like, mm-hmm. worship leaders who have never really thought through, yeah. what is liturgy? How, do, how What is that? What's the context of yeah. the service? Yeah. Yeah, liturgy, it's, it's defined as the work of the people, um, it's, it's what we do, but it's not uh, ignoring what Jesus does, because mm-hmm. everything we do, we do because of what He does. So mm-hmm. th- there's not this dichotomy of, you know, we, we're doing something for God now. No, we are really entering into what Jesus has done. Mm-hmm. But, but the liturgy commonly refers to just the order of events in your service, you yeah. Know, what what you are doing mm. as you gather mm. in your relationship with God. Um, so everybody has a liturgy, you know, and and there is no perfect liturgy. There's no one way of doing things. God hasn't given us in Scripture the exact order of events and you know the way we're to do them. Right. Um, if He did, you know, it'd be so easy for it to become rote and and totally. think that well because we've done this liturgy we're okay. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, there's a book called Reformation Worship that came out. I don't remember the author's names. Two two guys. Um, it was 26 liturgies from the Reformation that were that could inform our practices today. And mm. I haven't read the whole thing, but the big introductory essays are are brilliant, mm. re- worth reading, worth getting the book for. Um, but it, it's clear that there was thought put into this, and you know, dedication and prayer, and there was a commonality to a lot of these liturgies. And so, while there's no perfect liturgy, some liturgies are better than others. Okay. And to think about your liturgy is always better than not thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Or um, I, would you say that there could be a liturgy and just? I pick four songs. Yeah. Oh, that is a liturgy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's this is this is you know my my the well I'm drawing from is I'm picking four songs. Yeah. Which is not a very deep well <laughs> <laughs> to draw from. Well said. Um, <laughs> great. Well, so then how does liturgy play into? I mean, why we do things? How does that play into how you think through? Planning for a Sunday. Yeah. 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 So I'm not just picking songs. That that's mm. that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. It's a whole meeting, you know. It's it's the people of God gathering. I, I've done a teaching on what really matters in our gatherings, and I'm I want to read a, a definition of corporate worship that I devised by stealing from other people. I'm Great. sure, which is just that corporate worship 
is God's people gathering in God's presence to receive God's word, revel in the gospel of Christ, mm. and respond in the power of God's spirit, mm. anticipating and testifying that the Savior who came to redeem a bride will come again to live with her forever. Yeah, I love that. It's it's bigger than songs. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than preaching. Mm. You know, we we are gathering in God's presence to hear from Him, and to revel in the gospel and respond not only in the meeting but you know in response in life through the power of God's Spirit, because one day. Jesus is coming back for his bride. Mm. And when the local church gathers, that's the, that's the clearest representation of, of what the new heavens and the new earth is going to be like, mm-hmm. God's people gathered together in his presence. Mm-hmm. So singing is a part of that. Prayer is a part of that. Preaching is a part of that. And I would say preaching is central to that because we gather to hear from God. God has always gathered his people yeah. to, to speak to them. Yeah. But there's also our response. So if I just think it's songs, well, that that really shapes how I think of God, how I think of the gathering. Yeah, you know what it is exactly that we're doing. Yeah. Well, and we... it also I I don't mean to cut you off, no, it's but fine. it sort of isolates. It can tend to isolate it from everything else. Yeah. Which is, exactly. These were the songs. Then that's the prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that's the sermon. Or yeah. So I feel like it can it can isolate when you're not thinking about an entire service. Yeah, and I think it's because of high how highly we tend to value the musical experience. Mm. I think that's been a part of it. Mm. I th- think there was probably a time when I thought that singing five songs in a row was like in the Bible. <laughs> like that's what you're supposed to do. And you know it's not. Hmm. Um, you can sing one song and experience God's presence. You mm. can be deeply moved. You can be faithful mm. just by singing one song. Now I enjoy singing numerous songs together, yeah. and I think there are benefits, biblical benefits to yeah. that. Yeah, doing that. Yeah. But I tell you what, I do differently now. I, I tend to bring the word to bear mm. in those songs much more than I used to. In fact, one of the things that's changed about the way I plan is I used to plan the songs uh, around. I used to plan the word around the songs. So I plan the songs, and then I try to think, ask myself, well, what scripture would fit in? You know, well, between those songs, well, mm. that's how I think about it. Yeah. Okay, so. I can probably go into what I actually do now yeah, yeah. To, to plan. So we begin with a call to worship. We begin the meeting with a, a scripture, um, and that scripture is almost always drawn from the sermon from the past week, hmm. which is, I don't know, I haven't met, I'll say many, I don't know if I've met anyone who thinks that way. Um, CJ has really uh, taught me that, or or talked to me about that. Yeah, and just over decades, it's just been so helpful. Um, I don't think people in the church know that mm. I'm doing that. Mm. But say the, the the sermon last week was on. You know, we're in Exodus right now, and uh, say it was on, you know, God meeting Moses um, uh, at uh, in Exodus 34. 
when he declares, you know, I'm the Lord, the Lord of God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. I will, I'm aware that we heard that message last week, and we sang one song in response. Mm. But wow, couldn't we meditate on that more? <laughs> you know, that I am the Lord, Lord of God, merciful and gracious, slow mm. to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Mm. So I will pick a scripture that that relates to that theme, mm. that that topic. That's where we'll start. And I won't tell people I'm doing that, but you know, over time. It builds this continuity from week yeah, to week. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say that. that. That's what it does. Last week's message still applies. It's not over. Especially if it's fresh on their minds. Yeah. Like, you know, if people have been thinking through some of the things that we were talking about last yeah. week, it's fresh on their minds yeah. this new week. And that's, that spurs in them or you know, causes to rise up in them this desire to, oh, Lord, I want to thank you for this, or I want to yeah. thank you glory for this. So that's where yeah. I start. yeah. Then we'll typically do two songs, and I won't even pick the first song until I have that call to worship, mm. because I want the call to worship to be the springboard for the first song we sing. Okay. Now, when we get to that place where we're singing a song, then I'm beginning, beginning, beginning to think of a gospel arc, and mm. by that, this is where Brian Chappell's book is so helpful... Um, you know, Christ-centered worship. Um, there's a uh, a flow to the gospel. Mm. It's we begin with God's holiness, God's greatness, mm. God's majesty, and we look at that. And so we we might begin with um, holy, holy, holy. We might begin. I'm looking over some of the things we've begun with. Mm. Only a holy God. Mm. Um, how firm a foundation. You know, talks about God's unchanging word, all creatures of our God and King. It's a call to praise, but it's somehow linked to that scripture yeah. that we began with. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll introduce, you know, one of the pastors will introduce that and just say a few words, maybe two, three minutes um, about that scripture, and then that will lead into the song. Yeah. So we'll sing that song, then I'll sing another song, and again, I'm thinking gospel arc, and um, it may be... A song of confession. It might be a song that a gospel song that that gets into the gospel more specifically. It might be a um, you know song that extends the the greatness of God theme and then moves into God as Redeemer Savior. Mm. And then we'll have something spoken. It's usually a scripture. Um, it could be, and again, it'll flow out of the last song. It could be a, a, a congregational confession. You know, it depends on how I, how I want to shape it. Yeah, um, we'll probably do a corporate confession once a quarter, maybe. Mm. Um, occasionally, we'll do a creed. We'll say that together. Yeah, but it's something we do corporately. Uh, that's not necessarily a, that's not a song. Yeah, and I'm wanting to root people in the Word. I'm wanting to root people in the Gospel mm -hmm. because that's what we're there to do. Yeah, yeah. We're not just there to get some musical high. Yes, we're there to see. Who God is in us in Christ for us, yeah, and and what that means, yeah, yeah. And then we'll do usually two more songs that that are a response to that again that flow from that scripture, that creed, that confession that are appropriate to you know what we do after that. So mm -hmm. by the end of that time of scripture and song, 
we are we have spent you know 25 minutes about stewing and meditating on reveling and reflecting on mm. some of the truths that we heard the mm. previous week in light of the gospel mm. um, and I should say you know we're a continuationist church we we believe that the gift of prophecy for instance still functions today and so we'll leave space in that uh, those songs um, for a member of the congregation to come up to one of the pastors and share what's on their heart, and then potentially share it at a congregational mic, microphone, mm. and um, you know, as an encouragement to mm. the people. It's, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not the Word of God like Scripture's the Word of God, authoritative, inerrant, you know, mm-hmm. for all time, but it's, it's a word from God in the sense of it's an impression that, that they've received that they, they share to build up, cheer up, uh, and comfort. Yeah, and um, it's in stir up would be the other one. Build up, cheer up, stir up. First um, Corinthians fourteen talks about that, the effect mm-hmm. of prophecy. So that that might fit in there too. And that's where you you know you get into planning and spontaneity, which we'll probably talk about at some time. But we allow yeah. for that. Yeah. If if I have a sense of, you know, let's let's take a moment to pray for this group of people. Yeah. Um, I might do that. So that lasts about twenty five minutes or so. Yeah. Could be twenty to thirty, you know. It depends on the Sunday. Yeah, and and then we'll have a pastoral prayer, which is um, usually about five minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And again, one of the pastors will come up. And um, the great thing about this, we have seven elders, and I'll have different guys up each week mm-hmm. doing things. And if if you're in a church where you know you're doing it all, I would strongly encourage you to, you know, invite others up. In the congregation, yeah. you know, men um, you respect, or who are leaders. Yeah, uh, I don't know how big the church, or your church might be, but um, who can participate in those ways? Because mm. I, I really don't say as much as I used to on a Sunday. Yeah, because you know other pastors are doing it. Yeah, so pastoral prayer will come. Uh, we'll pray for you know our our nation. We'll pray for any major events that are going on. We'll pray for another Sovereign Grace Church. We'll pray for a church in, in town, in Louisville. Mm. We'll pray for uh, some of the people who are sick in the church, mm-hmm. maybe a new need, maybe an ongoing need. Um, pray for different events potentially coming up. Um, so it, it it's one of the things we did when we got here, we started doing, that may be one of the most... Well, definitely was one of the most impacting additions we made. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we're supposed to pray as the church... And we'll have prayer meetings and you know, different things, but every Sunday we have this opportunity yeah. to pray together. Yeah. So it's really a moving time. Yeah. When we're you know we're not making progress, we're not. It's, it doesn't look great on Instagram or on, on, on YouTube or mm-hmm. you know whatever. It, it's just we're praying. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's heads are bowed, and and we're just calling to mind the fact that God has given us this privilege through Jesus Christ. Mm approach his throne and bring our requests and yeah. express our gratefulness yeah. as a church. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's very moving. We've had people, you know, become members and say, yeah, one of the things that really stood out to me was the fact that, you know, I heard a pastor step, uh, you know, pastor stood up and started to pray and I thought, well, you know, he'll, he'll be done in a second. And, <laughs> you know, he kept going, he kept going. It's like, what's going on here? Oh, they're really praying. And yeah. So we, we do that. And mm-hmm. um, it's very, it's been so unifying for us as a church, mm. um, so strengthening. Mm. 
And then we will uh, have a time of welcome, welcoming guests, any announcements, we'll receive an offering. It takes about five minutes. Then we'll have the sermon. Generally, we'll have, uh, well, we'll always have a song after that to follow up. Mm. And then I will assign a benediction, which the guy preaching does. Uh, it's just one scripture. I have a whole list of those that I use, but it might be something that's from the sermon. Maybe you know, a passage that was preached. Mm. But th- what we want to do there is leave people with not, hey, Lord, we're, we're, you know, we're geared up now, we're going to go out and do it, but we want to leave them with mercy and grace. Mm. Um, I love that. I-, I remember talking to a guy who had been coming to the church. He said, he'd been coming for some time, become a member, and said, uh, you know, as a part of a church where for 20 years, every time we finished, I just felt like I'd been beat up. Mm. And I just had to go out and you know work harder. Mm. That's not the gospel. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's a poem. I, I don't know if I can remember it. Um, um, uh, run, run! The law commands, but gives us neither feet nor hands. Better word, better words. The gospel brings. It bids us fly and gives us wings. <laughs> so, so the. The demands of the gospel are higher. Yeah, yeah. But God gives us grace. Mm. So what we want people to walk out with is this sense of why wouldn't I want to f- please the Lord? Yeah, He's so good. Mm. God sent His Son to to live a perfect life for me and die in my place and rise from the dead so I could be forgiven and be, I'm owned by Him and. And he's with me all the time. He'll never leave me or forsake me. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so great. I get to go out into life now and live this way. And yeah. So that's what the benediction is for. Yeah. And all that takes about, you know, for us about an hour and a half. It's been a little shorter during the pandemic, but because <laughs> um, we're, yeah, we're aware that a lot of people are watching this by video. But that's yeah. that's the general flow of, of what we do um, in terms of how I plan. Yeah. I, and I love... Um, there's so many things we could pull out of uh, what you just said uh, in terms of um, the opportunity for spontaneity uh, mm. and not it's just this rigid structure yeah, that yeah, I yeah. have to stand in this timeline and we can only do these songs and we're not going to repeat anything. And I, I, I love that about um, uh, Sovereign Grace of Louisville, that there is, there's that flexibility that you're, you're uh, in your planning, um, which I really appreciate. Uh, well, we're trying to benefit from you know history mm-hmm. and also be sensitive to the fact that the holy spirit is with us as mm-hmm. we meet you know cj yeah. said to me for years the holy spirit helps us plan but our plans are not the holy spirit mm. and that's a, that's a tension yeah. that we just have to hold in tension um, because it's true yeah you know and i forgot to mention that when i you know put this liturgy together yeah. uh, and i'll do it on planning center and i also have a google doc um, where I write out everything, mm-hmm. and I keep, you know, I've kept track of every service we've done the last eight years. Mm. Um, so I can, Google Docs serve me in a way that Planning Center doesn't, although Planning Center is a pretty great tool. Um, and they didn't pay me to say that. <laughs> um, then I'll send it out to the other elders for their, and anybody else who might be involved, um, for their thoughts. Great. So I'm not doing this on my own. That's another thing. Yeah. You know, I've been yeah. doing this for 45 years. I don't feel like, hey, I got this down. I can plan the perfect service every time. I don't know. We serve a living God, mm. and and He is 
he's working every week, mm. you know, in our hearts, in the hearts of our people. And it's not just a system. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm not a big fan of, um, you, you know, and I've had people ask us to do this. Hey, will you put together like a set, a worship yeah. set? Yeah. You know, I get the idea, but I really think it's important for individuals in local churches to do the work. Mm. Think about your people. Yeah. Pray for them. Yeah. Get to know the songs that are available. Yeah. You know, find out what songs you can use because your church is unique. Absolutely. You know, you share a lot in common with a lot of churches. It's always the same gospel, same word of God. But where your people are at and what they need and what's, what's been preached and what's going to be preached, and that's all unique to your church. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm just not... A, we, we've never done that. Well, and even you saying, um, you might just have one song. You might start off with one song. If you figure out, like, well, this is the set I have to do, it it throws a, a wrench in your own, own context that the Lord has you in. Yes. So, yeah, like, yeah. moving things around that best serve your people yes. is it would be an opportunity to... Not have a just a rigid set that you have to follow. Yeah, um, but more, uh, yeah, more flexibility to your context and and there's enough flexibility. Like we'll also do communion um, once a month in mm-hmm. that after the second song slot. We'll sometimes do it after the sermon. Um, yeah, we can move things around, mm-hmm. but there's enough that's consistent that people aren't wondering every week. You know, what's going to happen? What's going to yeah. You know, we want there to be a rhythm. Yeah. We, we want there to be rhythms of grace. Mm-hmm. We want every Sunday for people to have washed in the gospel mm-hmm. because that's what will change them. That's what will renew them. That's what will give them hope. That's what will give them strength to remember who Jesus is and what he's done. And, and when we fail to do that, and where our emphasis is more on creativity or, you know, um, pizzazz or, or you know, excitement or whatever, we're not giving people what what God has given us to give them. Yeah. So so we're so we want those rhythms of grace, but then also to allow for, you know, the spontaneous workings of the spirit. Yeah. That's so helpful and what I love um about uh, what I've observed in uh, in your ministry Bob is the gospel arc that you that we have in services. Well, yeah, that's I mean, I've been taught that, I've read about it. Um and it's it's really changed the way I think about gathering mm-hmm. because you know it's never about simply choosing songs that are going well or yeah. you know trying to find you know what's really going to resonate. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way I used to lead, no question, mm. decades ago. Um, yeah, these songs are going really well. Mm. You know, the song of the month, song. You know, it was like the Christian, yeah. like Christian worship top forty. Mm. Like they're they're popular for a time, and then you know. And I think, no, you know, every week, CJ said one time, we're a same things church. This is early mm-hmm. on the church plan. You know, we're a same things church. You know what? You come back next week, you're going to be hearing the same things. <laughs> and there's a real peace in that. Yeah, there's a real yeah, joy yeah. in that. doesn't mean we, we have to, you know, we can kick back and say, yeah, it doesn't matter. We just do the same things. Right. But in terms of what we believe really changes people and what we really need to see yeah. every time we gather... That doesn't change. Absolutely. And so, you know, we'll we talk about a gospel arc. We'll we'll give the people the gospel, give people the gospel numerous ways yeah. in the meeting. You'll yeah. hear it in the announcements. Yeah. You know, you'll hear it in the message. Yeah. You'll yeah. hear it in the prayer. Mm-hmm. You'll hear it in the introductions. And mm. you know, it's it's just oh, we become so dull so quickly. 
Yeah. And and we never want the church to be a place where the gospel isn't loved and celebrated right. and that we're you know, may it always be amazing. Right. You know, I mean it's so funny, it's so ironic. Amazing grace becomes a song that's just, you know, just like an old shoe. Amazing grace. <laughs> but it is, it's amazing. <laughs> And so we want to make sure in our you know, planning and in our mm. liturgy and in the way we, we present it mm. that people see it's still amazing to us. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. For someone who's attending the church who doesn't know Christ, right. it's amazing to well, them. It, For us who, who yes. get bogged down week to week and forget the yep. impact of the gospel, it's amazing mm. to us. And that we should be reminded of that every single week. Amen. So, um, absolutely. We are reminded of the gospel even now, um, that uh, God is good and doing amazing things through his church. Yep. Yep, So, thank you for joining us, uh, and we'll see you again. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at SovereignGraceMusic.org.